1: there 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 All
2: right, Friday. Good to be here on a Friday and the last day of the work week for many of us. Some of us will work tomorrow. I'm one of them. And uh, do a little bit of of uh, work tomorrow and then uh, get into the rest of our weekend and kick back and relax a little bit. Robert Steinbach joins us. He is on by phone today. He, of course, is a law professor, Boeing School of Law. And uh, his opinions are his and his alone, not that of the school of law or of the university to which they uh, belong. And then uh, you've got uh, Chris Corbett, who will be joining us. I don't know whether he's going to do it by phone or going to be here. Uh, If it's to be here, he's just getting close to the tower now and should be joining us in studio. Seven o'clock, State Senator Alan Clark will join us. And... uh, He's going to be uh, talking about uh, Pulaski County and the Republican Party uh, here in uh, Pulaski County and what went down at the convention. And, and uh, there's a lot of debate about what went down. And I wasn't here. I haven't had a chance to really talk to many people. I talked to Robert, I think it was on the Monday after I got back. And. Uh, he mentioned that uh, Alan Clark had written an op-ed or had a Facebook post, which I still haven't found and been able to read, but I I invited Alan to come on today, and he agreed, so he'll be here shortly, and uh, from what I understand, he'll be here in studio as well. And then at 9 o'clock, we'll talk up uh, some of the things that's still going on as far as Uh, what are some of the big news stories. One of the big ones that are out there right now, Robert, that I'm kind of confused by is in the last couple of years, uh, the legislature has changed the rules about how many signatures you need, uh, how do you go about gathering those signatures if you want to put – Something on the uh, ballot, the ballot, board, right? Initiative. An initiative. Yep. yep. And uh, the folks at the uh, for marijuana got the necessary signatures and more. I mean, a lot more. And the uh, secretary of state said that they had the signatures to put their ballot on the uh, uh, the ballot. And uh, turns around then that. The people that are agreeing to what the title of it is going to be and whatever said, nope, can't put it on the ballot. Um, We got to know more about the TH levels and THD levels and all of that. Something doesn't smell right here to me. What about? how, How do you see this? We've seen this type of thing happen many times now i'm not i don't know
3: the details of what's gone on with the with the marijuana uh, initiative but we see many times that we have often citizen created uh, ballot initiatives and they're hung up due to some uh, procedural reasons some technicality uh some well this doesn't match that kind of issue Uh, and that generally concerns me now of course process does matter form does matter but both of those only to a point ultimately the question is the substance and if the process and the form are um, uh, legitimate then the people should be entitled to vote on the substance Uh, you know you're having alan clark on at seven o'clock to talk about what went on in the Republican convention. That's a related notion, if you think about it, because what happened there, and we'll talk more, but just very briefly, was we had a couple of ballots that were objected to. They were thrown out, and then a new ballot was created, and the complainers falsely claimed that there was something wrong with the new ballot and referred then to the old ballot. I tell you all of that to say that process matters, and process, when addressed, is resolved, and then you should get to the substance. That's what should have happened with the vote for the Pulaski County delegates. I don't know if that's a situation here with the marijuana initiative, but it's at least a concern that if someone trying to scuttle a Democratic process where the people get to vote on a marijuana initiative. Hey, I'm not a big fan of marijuana, but I also, uh, but I am a huge fan of democracy. And the fact is, if people want to vote, if a majority of people want to vote for marijuana, then so be it. Uh, I'm not going to stand in the way of that. I would vote no, uh, on recreational marijuana But if people want to vote for it So be it And they should be entitled to Without having to go through unnecessary roadblocks To be clear I don't know the details here But that's my concern
2: Yeah I, I'm concerned about this Because I didn't I thought that the the reason That uh, uh, the electors Were put in charge of the uh, The the naming of the ballot was to get a political process out of all of this. I mean, it had been that the Arkansas Attorney General had to agree with it. And I went through that back in the early 2000s when uh, Carl Kimball and I and and Jacobs and uh, and other people were trying to get a piece of legislation, legis, not, uh, not a piece of legislation, but <laughs> a, uh, a ballot measure on the ballot. Uh, for people to vote on to get rid of the food tax. And uh, we ran into all kinds of problems with, well, what is the title of it going to be? And by the time that uh, the title had been decided, when you read the title, you couldn't make up your mind whether you were voting for the food tax or voting against the food tax, and there were th- times that that happened in other areas as well. They moved this over to another group to take care of it, and now it's not about the title; it's about what uh, what they're asking for. As though you you can't ask for something. I I don't get I don't get it. I just they, they met the, the what they had to meet as far as uh, signatures. I would think that this should move forward, and now, uh, of course, this group uh, that's pushing this for recreational marijuana says they want to take it to the Arkansas Supreme Court, but to do that, you know, you got, we're sitting in the beginning of August. you got to get through the court system and get somebody to um, make a decision on this, Uh, before they print the ballot so that you make sure that it's on the ballot if it it indeed is found that what these people are doing is not the right thing.
3: Well, that's exactly right, Dave. Uh, By analogy, and I suspect we'll talk about it later on the show as well, Chris and I have a lawsuit. Uh, uh, We are representing a client, to be clear, who seeks records from Sheriff Eric Higgins here in Pulaski County, and he's refusing to turn over certain records. He did turn over certain other records. I want to be clear about that, but uh, several of them only after we sued. And so I'm going to want attorney's fees for that. Thank you very much. Um, but he's refusing to turn over certain records. Uh, and uh, if the, the, so far, the trial court uh, through Judge Tim Fox has upheld that. We just filed a five-page page brief to tell the judge why his initial ruling was wrong. Uh, but if that... Stands, no way our appeal is going to be resolved before the hearing, excuse me, the election in November. And so the electorate will not know all the true information about what's going on in that cesspool that's currently the operation of the Pulaski County Sheriff's Office until after they have an opportunity to vote. I'm hoping they'll still vote for Blue Keller because he's obviously the better candidate. But nonetheless, We want to get this public information out, and it's always a challenge. And so you can see the direct parallel to the point that you raise many times using the court process is too slow. It takes too long. And that's not a critique of the court process. That's just a critique of uh, how long it takes to do certain things. You know, it takes a long time to build a building. Well, well, if you need a building right now, that's not very good. But in this instance, with this example, where so far we got a bad ruling at the trial level, uh, we have a lack of transparency and the same in the issue that you raise.
2: All right. Well, Ian Russell wrote an article uh, for uh, KHTV. Uh, that's on their web uh, their their app, and I've got it up right now, and I was kind of perusing it as you were talking and uh, it says uh, Chris Madison, legal counsel for the commission, the election commission that takes care of all of this, uh, says there is a tight turnaround uh, from the commission to November. They have from August to November for the Arkansas Supreme Court to decide on these issues. And it's not just because of not just recreational marijuana, but anything that would come up. Quote, could it be better? Would it be better or could it be better if it was moved to a different time? Sure. Chris Madison, legal counsel for the commission, said. But I'm not in the legislature, and I don't have that control. Madison said that he knows an appeal over the issue is likely to happen. Quote, I gave my business card to the attorneys for the different sides and said, when you file your lawsuit, let me know, and I'll accept service, Madison added. It's another potential step in the process of getting an issue on the ballot. Sounds like me. That the way that the legislature has f- fixed this, and I, I use that word specifically, is there's a lot of people that don't think that people should be changing the state constitution. Let's be very honest about that. And it looks right. like what they're trying to do here is to put enough hurdles in front of people that they can't get through the, the process before the ballots would be printed i mean look it's got to be on the ballot or you can't vote for or against it well indeed that's that's the initial point that you aptly
3: raised which is when these procedural hurdles get in the way of a substantive decision because it because it ain't on the ballot well guess what then people don't get to have their voice heard. And I'm not a fan of that generally. That doesn't mean there's no such thing as procedure, but procedure should only exist to the point of being reasonable. And many times that's not the case. Um, So, uh, by the way, we were in court, as I just mentioned to you just the other day, and there is a procedure for the Freedom of Information Act that gets you into court more quickly than in other cases. And the judge said, well, I'm very busy. You guys came here uh, out of order so to speak you know out of the uh, out of the normal uh, order of line not out of order like in court right and um and of course the response is we didn't come here out of order the the legislature put us out of order and guess what when the legislature puts you out of order you're in order <laughs> you're you're at the head of the line right so but you, your broader point is absolutely true if you don't get on the ballot you could have as much good as many good ideas as you want but people don't get to vote on it, and that's that's an issue.
2: Yeah, it's a big issue. Chris right. Corbett has joined us now. Now he was trying chi- he was trying to he was trying to to uh, to sneak in without anybody knowing. He was trying to make it sound like he was just sitting here quietly, not answering anything. <laughs> but no, he was late. But anyway, he, he's sitting in the studio right now. Have you been following this story about I, the I recreational? I missed
4: it. Which one are we talking well, about? Well,
2: Recreational marijuana. Oh yeah, yeah. The ballot they just rejected the name. Yeah, well, they didn't just reject the name. They said that uh, the uh, the initiative was out of order, basically, that there were things in the initiative that they couldn't uh, go about, uh, uh, you know, putting on the ballot. Something about THC levels and all kinds of stuff. And it, I thought to myself, then why are you... You know, these people went out and got the necessary signatures. That took months to do that. It's not easy. I've done it before. It is not an easy process. In fact, it's a very difficult process. And then you come back and say, well, you got some stuff in here that probably needs to be changed. Sounds like they got the horse before the wagon here. Yeah, it was interesting. I I saw several of
4: those uh, volunteers getting those signatures while I was campaigning, and um, it wasn't easy. There were a lot of people that wouldn't sign it. I mean, I watched the guy, and he said, well, some people just don't want to sign it. But I think they got, what, over 110,000 signatures? Oh, yeah, they got plenty of
2: signatures. They they need like 89,000. They got the 89,000, and they were, you know, they were, you know, legal signatures. These people were registered to vote and whatnot,
4: and... Well, I think the standard is on the name. When I read it, it said, oh, they didn't like the name. Why didn't it just say, we want to smoke marijuana, right? I don't know the name. So they're playing semantics.
2: Well, so and, it's deceptive there's or more, Yeah, it, well, there's more in this than just saying that marijuana, if you got an ounce of it, it's legal, okay?
4: Oh, okay, there's some more. There's so,
2: some other things that they got in it. Right. But they got into the real you know, scratch, get under the surface, not scratching it, but digging into it and started talking about THC levels. Well, it's funny you bring that up, because um, my
4: son, he's 19, he asked me, he said, Dad, is is it legal to sell marijuana in gas stations? I said, I don't know. He said, well, that guy had a, a jar of some green stuff in the gas station the other day, and I just barely looked into it, so apparently if it's under the level of a certain amount of THC... You can sell it? I don't know. I yet. don't. That, I gotta look now, it up. now
2: you're getting into law that I, I don't know. Yeah. All right. got to get a break in. Let's do that. Then we'll come back and talk more about this because I, I think that this this goes further than just uh, regulating recreational marijuana. This sounds like to me that perhaps you have people that are in charge that if they don't like something, right. they can throw a wrench into the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that uh, seems. Questionable to me. Two or three people can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easton Tony wants you to know they're ready to help you get find yourself out on the side of the road. Nothing is worse, I think, is either to be in the middle of winter or in the middle of summer. Whether it's really really hot or it's really really cold or it's pouring down rain on you and your car breaks down and uh, you don't know what to do, you don't know how to get off of there. Well, I'm going to tell you what to do. So you can get off the side of the road. You call East End Towing at 501-888-8849. Now, as far as fixing your car, I mean, East End Towing doesn't know that job. They just know how to get you to where you can get your car fixed. All right, keep that in mind. That's a whole different issue. But getting off the road and getting someplace safe because just sitting on the shoulder ain't the safest place to be. Uh, you need to call East End Towing, and they will tell you where you want to go. 501-888-8849, East End Towing. Give them a call when you break down. Now, l- let me try to explain what they're saying here. The Election Commission now has to determine what the title. Right. Okay, now that means to me they shouldn't even be looking at the verbiage within this piece of whatever they're trying to get on to the, to the, the state uh, constitution. They've met the requirements of how many signatures they have to have. Right Now it goes to, I think it's the election commissioners who's making this decision of what the title, the ballot title, is to be for the measure. Now, if I take you back to about 2001 when we, we were working on getting rid of the food tax and uh at that part uh, at that point prior uh was the uh, a g here mm-hmm. in the state uh we got all the signatures that had to be done then it had to go to him as the attorney general, and he had to make sure that the title was clear enough that the voters knew what they were voting for or against he uh He screwed it up. I'm just telling you, you can go back and read all the stories about it. By the time that he came up with the necessary title, because he made up the title for this piece of legislation, you didn't know whether you were voting for, to keep the food tax, or to get rid of the food tax. It could be read both ways. But he said that was the clarification that they needed And, uh, you know, we fought against it, and uh, we lost, of course, because Mm -hmm. the law said he made that title up. Well, according to the law here, that's what the commission is supposed to do. Are they supposed to also read what's in uh, the petition and say whether it can even be voted on? Because it's either in the law or against the law. Now, if that's the case, then it seems to me that should be the first stop in the whole process so that the commission say, well, don't go get any signatures on this right now. You're at you you're, You get some problems with the way the law is already written. Right. So even if you got the necessary, uh, you know, signatures here, we can't put this on the ballot because it's erroneous. Now, that seems to me that that would be the right thing to be done so you're not wasting all these resources they're talking about. Right. Well, they they probably, who knows what they spent on the volunteers and getting those signatures. Well, not only them, but the state has to count all the signatures. That's right. That's That's not an easy process. Yeah, that's not an easy process. No, it's not. I mean, that's just not sitting and going on a computer. Right, and even if it was just that, you're gonna spend hours going through all those. Think about just sitting in front of a computer and going through eighty nine thousand plus names to make sure they're legitimate,
4: yeah, that's rough. I'd set up a computer program I mean
2: it's yeah, <laughs> I mean it's 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 just I don't know i just, just something something don't smell right here uh Robert. I'm just telling you it just doesn't smell right it It sounds to me like the legislature has gone out of their way to make this very very difficult we've got about 50 seconds
3: well two quick things one is as you know i'm on the phone uh, but every time i am in the studio i agree with you something doesn't smell right but the bigger <laughs> point you see the bigger point is that we can't let process Let's, get in the way of substance. Yeah, don't
2: hey, don't get, don't get personal about smells. All right? <laughs>
3: exactly.
2: <laughs> I didn't say hey. I didn't say it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, I got you. But I'm just saying it's when when I start when I keep saying hurdles thrown in front of people. Yeah. yeah. It worries me.
4: Yeah, it's frustrating. That's right. When you prevent access, to folks, to, to, to do what they want to do and, and throw these barriers up, it's not a good thing.
2: All right. Let's get some news, and we'll come back and talk more. All right. Back with you. Yeah. Coming up with a title for this seems pretty easy to me. You know, it's, it should be uh, marijuana may it is legal up to one ounce in possession. All right. That seems pretty simple to me. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not asking that they say, uh, you know, Mary Jane is legal. Right. You know, and get people <laughs> keep people all confused or whatever. And then you got to, you know, somehow you got to hum through the... Uh, the Tom Petty song or whatever. I mean, that's that's not that's 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 not necessary. All right. I like some Tom Petty. Yeah, I love yeah. Tom Petty. Tom no, Petty was like, great. I love the Beatles too. You know, yeah. I mean, a Magical Mystery Tour. At the end of it says smoke dope, smoke dope. I yeah. mean, that's. Well, it. It, I'm not saying go out and smoke dope. Yeah. All right. I'm just saying that's in the song.
4: But it seems to me there may be a faction here at work that we can't see. That's that I. That's what bothers me. Right.
2: Robert, so, you have been as much more than I have been over at the Capitol behind the scenes. I mean, you get to do the mm-hmm. wiz- you get to do the Wizard of Oz things, you know, pay no <laughs> attention to the man behind you. Know, all of that, I don't get that. Although I'm going to have kind of that kind of stuff when I start covering the 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 session next year, right? Uh, sure. But the the bi- bottom line is is that. Uh, I know you know we've seen it played out in front of us and that being that uh there's a lot of people that are in the legislature that, that, that do not want the citizens of the state to have this right. They they don't they don't they're given they're not giving up their right to put something on the ballot but they're making it as yeah, well, hard, hard <laughs> as they can on us. You
3: raise a very important procedural point. And I think there's a a, a separate ballot initiative on this coming election. Yes, there is. is Right, the the standards by which the public can put a constitutional amendment on the ballot. And while I think we generally amend our Constitution probably too often, I don't want to reduce the people's right to do so. Uh, And so uh, I'm not a fan of those... Uh, Proposals to raise the bar, to make it more difficult uh, for citizens to amend the Constitution. If we're going to raise the bar, then maybe we should raise the bar for the legislature. And I'm a fan of the legislature. But when it comes to empowering the people versus empowering the legislature, I believe empowering the people is the higher priority.
2: Well, I would think that we want to make it so that the, uh, the people of this state have a feeling that they have something to be said uh, when it comes to the Constitution. I mean, I right. understand having some hurdles about getting, you know, necessary signatures and all that. But two years ago, they changed a lot of that and made it much more difficult. You and I and, and Chris, in fact, talked about that. Right. I, I mm-hmm. was concerned about it when they were talking about it. And now mm-hmm. here we are in an election that you you 've gone to get your name put on the ballot for the piece of of change that you want to make to the constitution you 've got the necessary signatures uh, you you 've got the public hey, look all the numbers that i 'm saying is that the public supports this yeah. uh, of, of making <clears throat> uh, making this legal in some aspect and all of a sudden uh, now they're 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 bringing up another hoop another another something to th- to jump over and i just i get so i get some problems with it Maybe I got more than just a problem. Maybe it really ticks me off, and <laughs> it, it does. It ticks me off.
4: Well, when people play games with the process, well, and tell you how to do something,
2: and then they throw throw some barrier in. Front so, of what you. will the supreme? If it gets before the Supreme Court, right. all right, it's not easy to get before the state Supreme Court in a in a in a timely manner. I right. mean, they're hearing other things as well, and you got to get on the docket and whatever. Well, even if they do they got to do it before they print, they print the ballot. That's the first-time first thing that, that you got to understand. It's got to be on the, on the ballot so you can vote on it. Right. Whether you want to vote on it. I'm hoping that what the Supreme Court will say, yeah, this is good, and it's right. You'll figure out a way to get it on the ballot because the legislature set up this ridiculous time frame. Even this, this, this gentleman from the commission said it doesn't give them a lot of time to turn around. They're going to make the decision in, in uh, August for a ballot that has to be out in the, you know, Tuesday in, in November right. for voting. <clears throat> that means they got to print those ballots up. That's not an easy process to get done. So I would think that they print the ballots up sometime at the end of, of September Or October to get them on there. So you're looking at, you got like two and a half months to get this all done. I hope the Supreme Court, if they find in, for the plaintiff here, I hope they do for, for getting this on the ballot, say, hey, state legislature, you made these arbitrary time frames. Get them right. Take it back and take a look at this. And get that right in this next legislative session now, can they do that robert can they can they reach out beyond the question here of uh, you know should it be on the ballot or 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 do they just have to stay so to speak in their lane they've been asked this question, and that 's the only question that they can answer
3: <clears throat> well, it really depends how the lawsuit is presented, but the the and generally, they are limited in what they can do. So, between the two options that you provided, the latter is the more likely.
2: Okay, so uh, probably what would happen is they, they would say to the commission, "Hey, no, it's got to. This has got to go to uh, to the vote." In other words, or no, hey, you can't. Uh, you can't put this on the ballot. They got to. That's going right. to be what they're going to decide.
3: More likely, yes.
2: All right. Well, I'm going to say this much: I think the legislature really screwed this up. Sounds like I got a secondary thing to ask uh, uh, State Senator Alan Clark when he comes in today. Right on. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he's, not, he's not going to be expecting that one. If he's listening to the show, Senator, I'll be asking you about this. <laughs> just so you know. All right. We need to uh, we need to get this clarified and get it uh, get it taken care of. Because there's a problem here. I think I foresee a really bad problem here. Hey guys, we're gonna come back. We got more to talk about. And uh, but I need to tell everybody about David Lucas Financial real quickly here. <coughs> you know, you probably need about fifteen percent uh you know of metals, precious metals in your uh, your nest egg to protect it against all this uh inflation that's going on in our uh, our economy right now and uh, david lucas financial will be happy to teach you you know how much you should have for your particular nest egg and how you go about purchasing silver and gold there's other questions to be asked about silver and gold that you don't ask about stocks and bonds stocks and bonds always come to you in paper okay You, you you got a stock it's on a piece of paper. You need a bond, it's on a piece of paper. Not so much with uh, silver and gold. Do you want, are you willing to accept, you know, uh, a piece of paper, a certificate? Or do you want the metal in your hand so you can put it in your uh, safe? you got to make your mind up on that and... Uh, I know that I kind of would rather have the silver put in my hand if I could buy some uh put and put in my hand or the gold put in my hand that I can put in my uh my safe but uh that 's the kind of questions David Lucas Financial gets all the time, and they 'll tell you how you should mitigate them how you should work with them, how you should make sure it works for you. Their number is five oh one two 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 thirty three fifteen 501 3315 Investment Advisory Services are offered through David Lucas Financial and Arkansas Registered Investment uh, in, Advisor. Let's go ahead and get our break in, then we'll come back and finish up this hour uh, with our guest. Uh, Chris Corbett is here. He's a practicing attorney in Conway. He drove in all the way from Conway today to be part of the show in the studio. And then uh, Robert Steinbach is at his house on the phone. He is a law professor over at the Bowen School of law, and uh, he uh his opinions are his and his alone, not necessarily those those of the school of law or of the university to which it's attached and don't forget seven o six we're going to have state Senator alan Clark here in the studio and we 're going to talk to him about the Pulaski county uh, uh, debacle that occurred a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we're also going to sit here, and I'm going to ask you more questions about this whole thing going down with, uh, you know, the the thing with marijuana, recreational marijuana. All right, hey, I got to ask uh, a question of both of you. Did you happen to watch Director, uh, what's his name, Faye, the guy who's the head of the FBI, yesterday in front of the Judiciary Committee? I missed him. What did he say? <laughs> It was, was it good. good. Did you get did you get to see any of it? Robert? No, I didn't see it either. Dude, you got to go back. Just go to YouTube or whatever and pick it up and watch it. Mm-hmm. What were they quizzing them about why they're not listening to the whistleblowers that have come forward about the problems within the FBI, especially about the Hunter Biden. Uh, computer and everything. Ooh, the guy that had, yeah. they found the computer that, uh-huh. I don't know if, if Biden was doing crack or whatever, but he he had all of this these phone calls and background information on these uh, communist uh, groups and stuff that he was working with, businesses and things, and he had it all on his computer. And you didn't have to be a rocket scientist to be able to break in and and (laughs) see it all. Well, he left it at the place to get his computer fixed, and then he just left it there. And it became this other guy's property, because over a certain amount of time, it becomes yours. And he started finding stuff on it that he was going, whoa. (laughs) <laughs> you know, uh, I think the, the FBI should know about this. And he went to the FBI several times. Really? And they rebuffed him. They would not take that computer from him. They would not pursue anything about Hunter Biden. And, you know, it's going on four years now about yeah. this. And... uh uh they made the statement to him, well, you know, I read those letters that you showed to me and, uh, uh, yeah, this these really do concern me and blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> fire him right now. <laughs> Please, just fire him. He's not doing his job. And these people that don't want to do their job, yeah. fire them. Yeah. You know, if they don't start doing something about this crap, the American people are not going to believe in any anything that goes on within our own government right and if they lose their faith in our government then anything can happen in this country would you agree with that robert
3: I agree with that. I think the FBI has had problems for a significant period of time now and of course uh, more so under Comey who entirely politicized it and then uh, of course used it as a shield when uh, for himself. Yeah. Well, I'm allowed to do whatever I want, but nobody else is because you see we wrote in special rules that say I can leak material to the press, but other people can't. Therefore, I didn't violate any rules that any other person working for the fbi uh, would have been in violation of the rules that's the kind of hypocrisy that you see when these bureau hacks are in control for such a long time they don't realize that if they create a different set of rules for themselves than exist for everybody else that's the definition of cronyism and corruption and so uh, we need to put a stop to this and the thing about Ray is, he is kind of a technocrat, and I'm not impressed with his willingness to go out and fight cronyism and corruption.
2: Yeah, what was it that he did? Oh, he helped, he helped Christie, didn't he? Who? Uh, Ray. Uh, he, he, was involved, oh, he was involved with Chris Christie about that bridge stuff and everything.
3: Uh, I don't remember,
2: and got uh, him and got I, him and got him off. Basically, is he? what happened. Yeah, and so then I vaguely remember that where came Chris up. Christie
4: was putting some road constructions up on the bridge yeah, to yeah. hurt the traffic flow. Yeah, yeah.
2: something. Uh, you know, as far as that you know, was concerned, to try to give him an extra topic that right. he could run on or whatever. But uh, he got paid off by being made the director of the FBI after Comey understood that he was spoiled goods right as far as that's gonna yeah it's not only the fbi it's the doj too Oof, doj has been really heavily politicized as well i'm sorry i missed this interview i gotta go back and watch it oh yeah you need to look at it i mean you need to watch it uh, there's people that so are who, cons- it was concerned about
4: ju- judiciary committee who yeah senate ju- judiciary yeah. Committee.
2: all right okay they got in they and they were asking legitimate questions i mean really are uh, asking legitimate questions uh, I'll tell you who was the best Kennedy from down in Louisiana. No kidding. Yeah, well, he was good, and he wasn't. You know, he wasn't giving them some of his uh, southern, you know, asides that he does from time to time. Right. He was just asking direct questions and uh, listening to the director responding back to him. You could tell the director understood. Ooh, I'm in deep doo doo. Huh. I mean, you could hear it in his voice. Okay. So, yeah, you need to go take a listen to to what what he had to say. Uh, But I go back to that last thing that I said about all of this. If the American people, and some people already have, lose respect for their institutions— Like the FBI, like the Department of Justice, like the legislature, uh, like name, you know, FBI, uh, not FBI, uh, IRS, who they're going to give $800 million to to hire another 8,000 agents. Can you say how many audits? more audits we're going to have Ooh. and it's not going to be rich people that's going to be audited it's going to be just an average Joe out there right they're, they're looking to get every shekel that they can get from you that I said that for you uh, Robert because I know that <laughs> I that you're Jewish it. so I'm, I brought the shekel in there Indeed. you know the bottom line is they they, they they're going to take they're going to turn you upside down hold you by your ankles and shake you <laughs> to find out how much money you got in your pockets. Right. You should be worried about this. You you should be worried about this. This is this is now the Biden administration already telling you they're telling you what's coming. Get ready. Hmm. You get one of those little form letters in the mail. You know, we question this deduction and that deduction. So if if you're not saving up your receipts and stuff yeah you better start holding on to them and know that it's not a legitimate defense to say, Well, the laser faded, and you can't see it anymore. You've got to make the copy No, you've got to make the copy and prove to them that that what that receipt says eight thousand. I've 8, not seen this. Is this, some new,
4: is this some new, some new funding? I've well, not yeah, missed it. Well,
2: yeah, this is the, the Schumer Mansion in Cinema just went on board with it as well. So oh, okay. it means it's going to pass right through right budget uh, reconciliation unless the parliamentarian says they can't go there. Yeah. Uh, but part of this money is like 80 or 800 million dollars hmm. to the IRS. Like they need more money. Right. Well, maybe they don't don't have enough money. Well, there was a blur they 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 were buying bullets. They already did that under Obama. Right. I forget how many rounds of ammunition that they bought uh, for them and handguns. Yeah. You don't need a handgun. Didn't you hear the president tell you you didn't need to get a handgun? But the IRS should have (laughs) a handgun. Hmm. Does it make me comfortable?
3: No. <laughs> yeah, that by made... the way, Dave, uh, Chris and I were in court uh, just the other day, as I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, and as the judge pointed out,
2: we're, we are uh, officers of the court, yeah. and yet... Oh, he actually uh, Chris, admitted that you're an officer of the court now. But oh yes, he did. Oh, yes, you know, it's Chris, interesting. I hadn't
3: thought about that. We should order that transcript yeah. and, and get that and submit that in our appeal uh, to the Supreme Court. Yeah. Of course, there's no doubt that we're officers of the court, uh, but the lefties uh, don't want Chris to carry his firearm uh, or me actually uh, into court because the standard is simply whether you're an officer of court. You don't need any. Uh, a license or anything other than being a lawyer, meaning you don't need a gun license. And uh, so far, uh, uh, that has not been the case because the lefties have prevented it. Uh, But we'll win that case the same way the Supreme Court has already signaled that we're going to win the case for carrying a firearm in City Hall uh, because City Hall has decided to ignore state law
2: no their 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 argument is is that no one should carry a handgun uh, within city hall unless it's one of their people
3: that's right. That's literally their <laughs> argument, by the way. Yeah, they, I know they, it they, is. You're joking. That's a, Not only that, they said, "Well, our people are afraid if people like Chris Corbett carry guns into the city hall." Well, guess what? Chris Corbett's afraid to walk from his car to city hall without a gun. Is <laughs> he right about that? Yeah. Like, and, you know, we have over fifty murders. This year already, that's more than we had in the entire last year in the city of Little Rock. And that's why we've got to replace the mayor and we've got to replace the sheriff uh, because they neither one of us, neither one of them have kept us safe in Little Rock in Pulaski County. But if Maybe you're Blue but if Tower. you're the
2: mayor, yeah. you've kept yourself safe because you got your own, you know, bodyguard that Rock. travel with he's you all the time Rock. and he's the only mayor in the history of Little Rock that has ever had that. In this city. We got a lot more to talk about here on the Dave Ellswick Show right now, though we got to get a break in news at the top of the hour. We should be joined by State Senator Alan Clark when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm loving it. I'm watching the, uh, the monitor here in the studio, and they've got live uh, pictures of illegals being unloaded in New York City right now. <laughs> They're coming from Texas? Yeah.
4: Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. He did it. He busts them to D.C. for a yeah, while, well, didn't
2: he? He's sending them all over the place, oh. up no, up in the northeast. Abbott's saying, hey, this is what we deal with every day, and we've been doing it for over a decade. And now I want to show you that the uh, the border is not all the way down here. It is right there in your city. Wow! So I'm all about what Babbitt is doing there. It's a good uh, object lesson in stupidity yeah. from those cities. It really, yeah. it just really, really is. All right, we've got uh, Chris Corbett here. He's sitting across from me, and of course, he is a practicing attorney, uh, out in in uh, uh, the Conway area. He's a fifth generation Arkansan. I always love having him on. Also with us is Robert Steinbach. He's by phone, and because uh, he's, he's he's afraid to come in here because I told him that I was going to talk about something that didn't smell right today, and he he made some statements about when he always comes to the studio for my show, it never smells right. But anyway, uh, he is on the phone. He is a law professor over at the Bowen School of Law, and his opinions are his and his alone, not necessarily those of the school nor. The uh, university that they belong to, and then we've been joined by one of my favorite state senators, Alan Clark. How you doing, Senator? I'm awake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, usually now I'm I'm bringing you in on the late hour, yeah, but today I'm, we you, we
5: did seven o'clock. A lot of times I'm going to bed about five in the morning, so I'm I'm a morning person, but it's you know I gotcha f- from from seven at night till in the morning
2: i like that you get a lot of work done that because a lot of people sleep during that time i don't understand why yeah, but no, they do
5: there's no one there
2: to bother they <laughs> can leave you alone and you get some work done i understand my my wife had to admit the other day i had i turned on the the notifications sound from my phone and the thing was dinging oh yeah all the time and she goes now I understand why you're always looking at your phone. And I said, Yeah, people call me all the time or text me all the time or email me all the time. That's and right. I can't ignore that. Yeah. I, that's my gig, man. That's my job. You know, that's, that's how we got on to this whole thing the, the other day when we started talking about uh, the superintendent of cabin. Yeah. Somebody said, Dave, did you know? And I, when I see that, I go, "No, I didn't know, and where did you know it from? <laughs> you know And we, we start digging around and finding out, and then I, then I turn my sleuthful, you know, loose, and that's Jimmy. Jimmy's my FOI warrior, and man, you wouldn't believe all the paperwork he had here when he came in Wednesday. It was a great show. If you missed it, you can still see it. Just go to my Facebook dave slash dave Ellswick show, and you can watch a repeat. Of that nine o'clock hour, it's well worth your time, especially if you live in Cabot. And by the way, you other superintendents don't don't get complacent. I'm coming to a city near you soon, and we're going to start looking through this stuff and then start giving people because we're talking about teachers want you know bumps on their salary. Yeah, maybe there would be a bump for them to get if they gave them the, the the bump they were supposed to get. On the five other times they were given, you know, increases in their salary, but because of the way the matrix is set up, and you've got to take a red or a blue pill, I'm just telling you, to understand what the matrix is doing, you've got to take the red or the blue pill, Uh and I'm understanding, and this is, wasn't even on the docket. It just came up as I was talking. And that is uh, I'm understanding that when you guys get together in uh, January, Senator, that that's something that you're looking as having another line in the matrix that if you guys come up with a, a price or money for you know an increase in salary, it goes in that particular line, and the uh, superintendents can't,
5: like, Move it to other places. I think that's the only way I support uh, salary increases in the future. Uh, I, I'm one of the few legislators that understand adequacy, uh, and I won't go into what adequacy is. But it's a report. It's crazy. It's a report that the <laughs> yeah. education committee issues every two years before, uh, in the first of November by law before we go into session. Right it comes from the Lakeview decision, and. Since two thousand and eight, the legislature has given a, at least at least a two percent cola uh, for teachers uh, within that matrix, but it is a uh, moving target it 's a budget formula, <laughs> not a spending formula. Once we come up with that amount, schools can spend it however they wish to spend it. Uh, they can spend it for football fields, gyms uh, doesn 't necessarily go to teachers. And if we had hmm. uh, the minimum teacher salary back in 2008 was nine five and I think 58 something like that. But if we had raised the minimum salary the same amount we did the cola minimum sal- teacher salary in, in Arkansas today would be 39.99. Nine, nine. Uh, A lot closer to that forty thousand dollar mark yeah, that the yeah, governor wanted. Yeah, uh, no, I'm sorry, 38.99. Nine. It'd be right at 39,000. And the but what happens then is anytime we mention actually actual raises schools come back to us and say well you didn't you know you haven't funded it well yes we did fund it uh and so from now on unless we raise that minimum salary and when i say minimum salary when you raise a minimum salary there's actually 15 levels right and plus masters and all that that it raises it all uh, and unless we're going to actually raise the minimum with the money, I don't want to do anything. Uh, I want to be sure the money's going to the teachers. So that's where I'm. I'm hearing from other legislators
2: that they want another. I just call it a column in the matrix that says that that money is going to land in that column, and the only way that money is
5: spent is if it goes to the teachers. Uh, that's where I stand. I, I'm. I'm not going to have any more. I mean, I understand the frustration of teachers. I understand the frustration of the patrons out there who thinks we're not paying teachers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and s- small schools especially do have some problems. We should have a two-track adequacy uh, system. A- and the reason for that is if a little school that has two third-grade classes has one extra child, they have to hire a, a third third-grade teacher. Okay, If Springdale has... 22 third grade teachers and has one extra child that means they that that puts them over the law. They have to have a 23rd. Well, the percentages between the two, the scale is not the same between a small school and a big school, and we have not recognized that. I've been preaching this for at least six years now as I as we've studied this that uh, that it ought to be a two track system. Uh, Small schools are getting the shaft, and so that's part of the reason that teacher pay in small schools is not what it ought to be. All right. I'm going to stop there.
2: Because that's an
4: interesting nuance. Let me just There's you, so many there's moving a lot parts.
2: Of, yeah, that, that's exactly I need what the it red is.
4: pill, or is it the blue pill?
2: I don't know which. What pill did, did <laughs> Neo take, uh, Aaron? Do you know? What pill did, did Neo take? Was it the red pill or the blue pill in the, in the Matrix? he saying you didn't the see the blue mo- pill. He didn't see the pill. Dude, you're not even a good millennial. So what you're saying? I hear what you're saying now. It's
4: not just hey, we're going to raise teacher teacher salaries. It's just it's within one little check box. Yeah. It gets filtered through a couple other superintendents and
5: yes. Well, we the legislature, the education committee makes a recommendation. The legislature always does what the education committee recommends. Right. And as put that, I mean adequacy. The education committee spends two years studying the cost of a school doing business from principals to superintendents to teachers to curriculum right. to transportation, uh, maintenance, you name it. And, and all those are line items, inadequacy, and issues. That, and we do it for a, a, a school of 500. Okay. And then when we get done, you divide that by 500 – and – which currently comes out to about $7,000 per student. Right. And that's what the schools get. Now, that's only one bucket of money. Schools actually get an average of eleven dollars to $12,000. But but that $7,000 is what they get per student. Right. Uh, and – but then they can spend that 7000 within the law – any way that they want to it doesn't have to go if they need more for teachers they need more for maintenance if they need more and and a lot of times you know it comes back to our local patrons it comes back to you know my neighbors and me sometimes we'd rather have that turf football field sometimes we'd rather have that college level basketball gym but uh when we need to get serious about having the best teachers we can have uh, and we have some great teachers in Arkansas, but if we want if we want to keep having good teachers, if we want to hire good teachers, uh, uh, Dumas is the only. Sc- I have said this for years. This is what schools are to do. Dumas is the only school that I know has done this. We are to run millages uh, uh, for teachers. Uh, you know, if you want to pass a millage, do a gym or do a turf football field, uh, but. It, but if we really want to educate our kids It ought to, It ought to be for having the best people that we can have. Yeah. And I would agree. And the whole thing about where the
2: superintendents are taking money and putting in other places instead of in teacher salaries and stuff. That's why I'm now zeroing in on how much money our superintendents
5: making? Well, and that's, and I'm not going to talk about how much they're making. And I have, I truly have one of the best group of superintendents in the state. Uh, I have said that for Can 10 years. They make close to $300,000 a year? They may. Because <laughs> uh, I, 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 I have some big schools. I haven't looked at their cells, but I have some big okay. schools. But, but if you look at just going back, go to 2008, go to 2000, wherever you want to go, if you look at the graph, superintendents have gone – like this, and teachers have gone like this. There's right. a problem. There's a problem with okay, that.
2: Okay, now I know you didn't see the this and the this on the radio, yeah, yeah. but if something has gone up and the other has gone down, you teachers got a problem. have stayed
5: pretty flat, and superintendents yeah. continue to keep going up, keep going up. Plus, we continue to add administration. That's that's not very efficient, and that that's nationwide, not just statewide. Uh, is percentage wise, we have more administrators per students than we've ever had. Right. Some of the numbers
4: out there prove that fact, that administrators are making eight times what the teachers are making. Uh, I saw a statistic like that.
2: By the way, sitting very quietly at home is Robert Steinbach. You're still there. You didn't fall asleep, did you? Well, when I hear such brilliant comments, uh, I have nothing but to repeat
3: them. Uh, I try to stay silent initially. The fact is that across academia throughout this country, K-12 through and higher education, there have been two dramatic phenomenons. The immense growth of administrators in terms of the number relative to teachers and students – because part of it is this false claim. Well, you see, our students need this, and our students need that. The this and the that that they're talking about, you know, is stuffed animals and therapy dogs. Uh, so <laughs> it's all hogwash. And it's really the fact that Don't forget that hot chocolate. Exactly. Uh, and it's, it's really the fact that administrators want to carve up their job responsibilities uh, like a turkey on Thanksgiving so that all they have is half a wing for themselves. And then the second mo- uh, similarly dramatic change is not only has there been this huge increase in the number of administrators relative to teachers and students, their salaries have gone up immensely. So while I appreciate Alan's sound comments, and by the way, Alan is one of the conservative icons in the Arkansas Senate, and and he's but a handful of conservative icons that I would go to on a regular basis if I really wanted to get something done in the state legislature. But put that aside for a moment. He uh, he may have some wonderful um, superintendents out there, but the fact is, across the board, superintendents are making a quarter of million dollars or more or more, and we're talking about salaries for teachers starting in the, as Alan pointed out, in the high 30s. That's a problem. And if I were, listen, I don't have the skill set to be an administrator. I'm the first to admit that. But if I were to be an administrator, the first thing I would do is make sure that my salary was more, no more than a few times that of a teacher, of a starting teacher. Not this uh, 300,000 versus 38, that's almost 10 times, almost 10 times your starting salary. That's ridiculous.
5: And you know we also need to think outside the box and you know that's an old cliche now but you know i have a superintendent that the first time i visited with him and i'm not going to name his name uh, although a lot of people listening will know who it is uh to keep from getting him in trouble or me in trouble The first time i visited with him he said the secret to this is class size every time you hear that you know what you're going to hear but i didn't know what i was going to hear he said we need bigger classes and uh when he took over, uh, the school uh, where he works, uh, there's nine schools in that county. They were the low, lowest paying uh, of all of them. They are the highest paying now. And they also have the highest test scores in that county and some of the highest test scores in the state. But he, he had got buy-in from his teachers that if they – if they taught more students, I mean, within the law, you can only do something within the law. If they taught more students per teacher, they had to keep their test scores up, that he could pay them more, uh, which makes lots of sense. Yeah, and they did, and they have, and uh, and he shared that with superintendents and and others around the state on how to do that. And so there's there's things we can do within the system. Um, Because – and then by doing that, of course, they get whatever – they're able to go out and pick the teachers they want. All right. Let's take a break, and then we'll come back. we got uh, State Senator Alan Clark here.
2: I've got Robert Steinbach here. I've got Chris Corbett here. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, this whole thing about the marijuana uh, initiative that was – been told by the Election Commission, nope, can't put it on the ballot. And now it's going to have to be determined by the Supreme Court. Is there enough time to get it in front of the Supreme Court before they have to print the ballots for the election coming up in November? We'll talk about all of that. And we're going to also talk about what went down in uh, Pulaski County in the GOP here a couple of weeks ago while I was out on vacation. I think they did this because they knew I was on vacation. Uh, and we'll we'll talk about all of this here on, on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, don't forget about... Uh Uh, Pat Davis. Pat Davis wants to save you some money on health insurance, 30 to 50%. If you're a self-employed individual, you need to talk to Pat Davis. He can save you some big money on your health insurance. If you're a small business and you're still trying to give your workers health insurance, he can save you big money. I talked to, and I can't tell you who it was um, because I told him I wouldn't say that on the air, but they saved close to fifteen thousand dollars just on their their health insurance costs uh, for their business by going through uh, pat davis and 15 grand doesn't sound like a huge amount but 15 grand as my daddy would have said 15 grand is 15 grand it's money on the table Uh, they'll make sure you don't have to pay any co-pays they're going to cut back on those deductibles But you need to talk to Pat Davis to find out how to make it happen. 501-605-6935 or visit him online, yourhealthplanman.com. All right. Coming up in November, I was expecting to see two pieces uh, from the citizens. One was for uh, marijuana, recreational marijuana. The other was this deal about Pope County casinos. All right. Both of them were thrown off of the ballot on Wednesday by the election commissioners, who have taken over this process of naming ballot initiatives and things from the AG's office. Uh, The time that I dealt with this, it was the Arkansas Attorney General, and for me it was uh, Pryor, who was the AG at the time, and we were trying to get the uh, uh, food tax onto the ballot so people could vote for it. And I I learned a whole lot of really serious lessons during that time. Because by the time Mr. Pryor was done as the AG, you didn't know whether you were voting for the food tax or against the food tax. And that was the title that was going to be on the... uh, on the ballot. But here we are. We're sitting in the beginning of uh, August. The Elections coming up in November. I don't know if you know the answer to this question. I don't know. When do they pl- uh, print the ballots? Do you know? Is it in
5: October? I would think. Uh, you know, I've worked with from the time I was on the quorum court, worked with the election commission somewhat. And I would think yeah, it passed to be in October. Okay. So you've got
2: two months. You know, if you're thrown, they say, no, we're not going to put you on. If you're going to challenge it in court, you got two months, and you got to get in front of the, the Arkansas State Supreme Court to get in line and heard, and have your case heard. That's not an easy thing to do. They got a lot of other business they got to take care of. So that's right. We'll find out how this. But they were denied. That doesn't mean the issues are done. Says the story from THV that I was drawing from today. They can appeal to the Arkansas Supreme Court. Uh, the lawyer for the group, uh, group behind uh, recreational marijuana, I think that's Mister Lancaster, if I'm not mistaken, said they've already planned on doing that. Getting to this point is a long process, though. Said. Uh, Looking at the Attorney General's office, they don't make these decisions anymore. They're made by uh, the Election Commission. The Secretary of State's office certified the ballots by saying, yes, you got the necessary signatures, and they pass muster, so you're good that. Now, that, that was part of just the old process. Also, the Attorney General's office uh, revisions would be made there. And uh, that's not the case any longer. It goes to the election uh, uh, commissions for that discussion. So keep that in mind because I want to come back and, and deal with this. And if you go out and put together, in this case for the recreational marijuana Almost 90,000 signatures. That is not a small thing to do. It is very difficult to gather up that many signatures, whether you're paying for people to go out and do it for you or not. It's still difficult. I know. I've done it. And uh, just want you to know that I think that they've kind of – I think you guys are going to be going back, and, and you guys being the legislature, Senator and and happen to relook at this and make sure that you're make, not making it too tough. All right, let's get uh, Bill O'Reilly, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about this here on the Dave Ellswick Show. <laughs> All right, less- we are back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so uh, I need to remind you about uh, ICU protection and Billy Mack, he's my buddy. I uh, use his business full disclosure to you, complete transparency. I called him up. He came to my house. He sat down with me. He says, okay, Dave, what is it that you want to do? I said, I want to make sure all my windows and doors are protected. I want to make sure I got a doorbell camera. And I want uh, another camera in the area you think would be most beneficial to me. And uh, I've got it on my driveway. And so anybody pulls up in my driveway, I I I know you're there before you even know you're there. I see you. That's right. I do see (laughs) you. And I see you on my phone. It uh, brings it directly to my phone. And my cameras whistle at you. Oh, that's cool. They whistle at you. And, of course, if you're walking up my driveway and all of a sudden you hear kind of a like that, you're going to look at that, you know. And now I can see I've got you on tape. Well, not on tape. I've got you on hard drive, and we know at what time you were on my driveway, and we know it was you because... We got a picture of your face. Nice. So you know I know. Okay, and and I'm just telling you, Billy Mack knows his business. I mean, this is the group that takes care of Nuke One and their protection. And uh, I don't have a reactor sitting in my front living room, so uh, I'm figuring it. Since I don't have that, what he has to offer will protect my home or my business. And I can uh, sit here on the air and talk to you about it and say this is a good deal. It really, really is. And by the way, the cameras are 1080p. You know, it's not like those A&E cameras that, you know, you look like something out of a 1980s, uh, you know, Game that you used to play, you know you kind of got a this aura around you and stuff that that's not the way it is. Uh, these are clean. this is just like watching direct TV or whatever Billy Mack wants to be your guy for your home or for your business all you got to call him is uh, do is call him 1333 501-205-1333. 501-205-1333. and know this you'll only pay for the service all of the equipment is yours to keep free you keep the equipment you just pay for the service and the service you say yeah that's how he makes up for it dave nope that's not how he makes up for it you you put his his uh, cost for service up against all the other ones that got like you know multiple letters in their name you know adt comes to mind uh he'll be lower than they are that is ICU protection. 501 205 In the studio. Chris Corbett on the phone, Robert Steinbach, also in the studio coming by and and taking uh, time to spend an hour with us today is, uh, of course, uh, State Senator uh, Alan Clark. And uh, let me talk a little bit more about this. This whole thing dealing with uh, recreational marijuana. Why go out and collect all those signatures, Senator, if somebody can just say, well, what you're trying to do, uh, you can't do it. Wouldn't it have been better if they had told them right up at the very beginning, this doesn't meet muster, and so
5: change it? I've always... Uh, I told during the break that um, since way before I was in the legislature, I've always questioned that process. And I, I can't tell you that I know how to change it. I've probably got attorney friends that will be emailing me as we speak with ways to change it. But uh, the... Uh, you know, to go out and work that hard, and you know that they've had uh, bright and expensive attorneys try to ride it in a way that it would pass muster, but you're taking a shot in the dark, uh, and then you do all that work. and And I'm not saying that the election commission's not wrong. I know some of the elect uh, not right. I know some of the election commissioners, and I know they work to do uh, do a good job. But it is yeah. it is a kind of a backwards process. Okay. All right. So. They're going to have to try to
2: get this in front of the Supreme Court. Let me just turn. Chris and and Robert, is there a way of fast-tracking something up to the Supreme Court, the state Supreme Court?
4: You know, the, well, the Supreme Court, and Steinbuck well knows, that it has jurisdiction over certain things. So, right. the jurisdiction of what the, what goes on, the... A, a ballot initiative to amend the state constitution is definitely the Supreme Court. The are things that the Supreme Court will get like statute interpretation, stuff like that. so um I don't know about fast tracking it, but yeah you get you get to interject into their docket something like this, so I think they'll get it in front of them,
2: okay. what do you think uh there Robert I think there's some discretionary
3: procedure, but it's it's very hard to speed things up with Supreme Court.
2: Okay. Depends on do they really want to hear it or don't they?
4: Right, there'd be more procedural loopholes, procedural steps um to get it there. It's not easy and there's some tripwires.
2: Right. Everybody needs to understand I I just think that there I think there's some people who don't want to deal with this. Right. And they've done a lot of polling on this. And surprising to a lot of people, not to me, but to a lot of people, uh, it looks like it would pass if it gets on the ballot. That probably worries some people. To be honest, so yeah. you know, keep that. Just keep that in mind. Well, I've got to tell you, I'm, I, I have a personal experience
4: with this. My buddies, several buddies that live in Colorado that I went to college with, and um, they they didn't really care about when it went from medical to recreational. But I got to tell you, now they're upset about it being recreational because they go to a park. They've got their kids that are eight, nine, ten years old, and they got a. Hey, kid. dude, you wanna
2: you wanna yeah. get on my doobie here?
4: Well, the kids are like, <laughs> "Ooh, daddy, there's a skunk around." <laughs> Here they're like, "What's that smell?" And they got explained to explain to them. That's skunk weed, son. You yeah, just put on, just
2: put on, uh, you know, uh, some uh, doors, some rock and roll. the doors, man. A little, yeah, well, a little rock and roll, so, little, uh, you know. Mm, what well, they that were smell? first <laughs> were, were for
4: it, and they didn't care, and now they're totally against it. Yeah, to, be, to have to explain to their ten-year-old
2: why that. Okay, that's a recreational drug. Well, that's for the anti-people to bring those people in to talk about it. There you go. Okay. Yeah, and you know, don't make it immensely I got difficult. to tell you, on the flip
4: side, I've never defended a uh, a man that came home and smoked a doobie and beat the hell out of his wife. Yeah. It's normally a fifth of whiskey. Um. He's and normally when they smoke a doobie, he's looking for a bag of chips. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> or the Mexican phone company.
4: I'm just <laughs> i just. You know, what do you mean Mexican? Taco Bell. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Taco Bell. <laughs> He's okay. not jumping up off the couch and, hey, if passes, and slapping somebody. I'm going to buy
2: as many fast food places as I can. <laughs> okay. You know, as far as that's concerned. No. All right. So this is something that's got to, you know, typically has got to be looked yeah. into. All right. Yeah. Now, I know everybody, there's a large contingent of people listen to this show. Want to hear what you have to say, uh, Senator, about what went down a couple of weeks ago at the Pulaski County Republican Party, where a group of people showed up uh, uh, and passed uh, the people who were supposed to be going to the the state convention and then the state convention they they show up and they they won't be they won't see them. What's your th- thoughts on all of this? It, it doesn't look good, no matter how it's presented. Doesn't look
5: good, and I, I think we messed up big time. Okay, how? How did how do things get messed up? Well, any time that you can be participatory and you're not, I think you mess up. Okay, uh, and the. the reason given, and the reason that the delegates there didn't see them, uh, was that it was over cheating. Uh, And I will give them that the first ballot looked like someone had done that. Like a one-year-old, right? But 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 Written the ballot. Right. But the first, but people in charge, I am convinced, had not done that. But regardless, that was caught. It was caught. It was stopped. And there's no doubt that the third ballot was agreed on unanimously, without dissent, by the whole group. And they voted it. And there was there was no dis. There was nothing wrong with the count, etc. They had a fair election. And you have, you know, I've been a lot of county conventions since 1988, right. and. Uh, to come back and say, well, we had some problems. I mean, that'd be like my first election for quorum court. You know, the Democrats running the election, you know, I could spend hours talking about that. They had one voting machine in my main precinct where I was going to get 75% that you couldn't vote for me, Mm -hmm. and it took us hours to get it shut down, and so on. And if you came back and said, well, because there's irregularities, we can't seat uh, Justice Clark. Well, that wouldn't have been fair. I, I wasn't the one cheating. I didn't do anything. And, and these delegates as a whole, none of them did anything wrong. Right? They uh, just put their name up. And here we have the largest county in the state. Uh, and, uh, but you know the problem is we've got um, not just in Pulaski County. We've got some other counties where we have lots of people coming forward, which is a great thing. We've got people coming forward that are very interested, very excited. They're impatient. Which I like. Uh, They want to get things done, Uh, and they're taking over some counties, uh, and that's what you do. I mean, when I when I first came in 1988, uh, Garland County wasn't even pro-life, and it wasn't. I I was going to run for state committee man. I wouldn't have won. Uh, You know, I didn't have any idea, Uh, but they talked me out of it and made me fourth district committee man. I went to the district meeting, and I found out. These guys are all like me it 's just Garland county that 's different, but over time, more people like me came and the uh, and that 's how politics works and to stand in these people 's way is a mistake we need we need them badly uh, and to look like we 're standing in their way uh, is a mistake and do you
2: the, think they were standing in the way or are are some people just taking get so enamored of process?
5: that they let it get in the way. Some people get do get so enamored with process, but there you know, there's things that I haven't said and won't say, but there were people that weren't elected and it was embarrassing and uh, besides the people who didn't like their committee being, ta- you know, their committee being taken yeah. over, and it's a democratic process. I've been on the winning side of those things, and I've been on the losing side of those things, and that's and being a sore loser is not a good look. Okay. Uh, and and then the the state listening to that, and and I think they tried to be fair, but nevertheless, you know, a lot of times you, you know, it's just automatic that you let dignitaries go, but. But it's not an automatic. It's an election. And, some, and these people didn't just automatically let dignitaries go. And I think that's really where the problem came in. Senator Clark, you nailed it. I, you, I, you nailed it. You said, here's what happened. They got elected.
4: They took over the committee. They duly got elected. And so they took the folks in power. They took their toy away. And then they came to the state meeting. They said, well, if you're taking my toy away, then no one can have it. They didn't seat. The the seventy one delegates. That's, well, what exactly.
2: happened is some people wrote a letter, evidently, yeah. and complained about the process. Yeah. and then if I get this, if I got this right, two state groups within the Republican Party then said we side with those people and not with the, the new people.
5: We have a rules committee. Yeah. I'm not saying that I'm given the right name because it's not the right name. Right. That actually met the day before and so and and recommended that they not be seated Yeah, that was the Credentials Committee, by the way. Yeah, the Credentials um, Committee.
3: Right, indeed. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And I, I'm lucky that I happen to remember the name at the moment. Um, uh, one of the three members in the room on the Credentials Committee uh, used to work for one of the complainers in the letter who filed the protest. Now, how is that proper? Uh, and the Credentials Committee, it's kind of funny, Lori Justice, who uh, is running for justice of the peace, indeed must, given a name like that, right? Uh, she uh, ran the process. Process, and she goes in there and they start to uh, uh, give an inquisition of her as to the Robert's rules of order. And then when I go in there next uh, to the so-called credentials committee, because it was a sham uh, and it had uh, someone on it who shouldn't have been on it. Uh, I said, well, this violated Robert's Rules of Order. Now, of course, I'm a lawyer, so I have some familiarity with Robert's Rules of Order. And then uh, uh, Ryan James said, well, Ryan, uh, excuse me, the uh, Robert's Rules of Order don't apply here. I said, really? Why is the book sitting in front of you? He had the book sitting in front of him. After he claimed to Lori that they did apply, then he claims to me they don't apply, and he has the book sitting in front of him. So, it was it, I mean, it's entirely make-believe. It's like a bunch of 3rd uh, watching a movie on how to have a trial and then putting on a wig and hitting a hammer on a table and think they're doing the same thing. There was right. no law there.
2: All right. I got to take a break. Lori Justice is on the phone. She's got a question for the state senator. You have any problem taking the question? No. Okay. We'll have Lori Justice on in just a moment as well here on The Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Back with you. Uh, Lori, are you there? <laughs>
1: I'm here. Well, can you hear me?
2: i I hear you just fine. You had a question for the state Senator. What is it?
1: Well, no, I didn't have a question for him. I want to thank him for 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 understanding both sides of the issue. And I just want to say that you know, as a body, uh, according to Robert rules, the body is the ultimate judge of election disputes. And our body decided on that final ballot to accept that ballot with the pen and ink changes that Robert Steinbuck suggested. Um, I had asked three times if there were any objections to the ballot, if anyone wanted to challenge it. There were no challenges. And then two weeks later, two days before the state convention, is when this complaint was filed. And the things in the complaint were just not true. And so, um, I think it does look bad. You have a you have duly elected delegates that were just brushed aside and uh, and weren't allowed to participate. A majority of which were new members, very excited uh, to to be part of this process. And um, there was a lot of. Um, a lot of people upset because the, the motion had been made that evening to just give uh, some constitutional officers and whatnot a, a place on the state convention as a delegate, and that was voted down by the body. Their response was, well, they can run like everyone else. And that was a decision that wasn't made by Wendy or myself, it was made by the body. and. That was their right to vote the way they wanted to. And there were a lot of people, I think, upset about the outcome. But that is no reason to um, basically get rid of a a good election. Um, You know, that's just that's that's not how we do things.
2: Yeah. Well, let me just jump in and say that that's why I do my show every day here on the radio. Well, you're hearing both sides of this. We've had both sides of the the issue on. Uh, Everybody knows I'm really good friends with Robert. That's why I've kind of put the bit in his mouth a little bit today because I, I brought and i brought on uh the state senator because you know he firmly planted himself in this issue when he wrote that little like op-ed on his facebook mm-hmm. page so i wanted to get him on and, and have him talk but yeah i believe what both of you are saying and what other people have said to me it's not a good view
5: of the Republican Party. It it is not. And I spoke at the convention also uh, before we voted. The... I don't take any pleasure in any embarrassment uh, to the party. And and I want people to know this is an aberration. Uh, I think people tried to do uh, the right thing. The... But we've got to make it clear that we are welcoming all these new, excited, impatient that people whole big to the party. Thing. Uh, and, and these people are cons- these people are good conservatives. I mean, I, I meet them across the state, and we should really be welcoming them and their energy. Uh, and anything that looks like or not is a is a really bad look. Perception can be wrong. And I'm just telling
2: you, the perception right now out there is that that uh, the
5: Republican Party doesn't want to grass the that's, grassroots and that's, in, and, and that's not true. And it's not true. I can tell you, our leadership doesn't feel that way at all. Uh, but that's certainly the way that it, it came down looking, and uh, we've got to do better. All right. Anything else you wanted to say, Lori?
1: Uh, no, no, that's it. I want to thank um, Senator Clark for uh, for standing up for us. Um, I think he sees what happened, and you know that first ballot was a complete error. I'll be happy to talk about that anytime. It was nothing nefarious or nothing done on purpose um, out of you know trying to cheat. So, um, you know, I just I thank him for for speaking out. Um, not many people will right now, so. I appreciate that all right,
2: Lori. thanks a lot by the way how's how's the polling uh teaching going
1: it's going great. Uh, I'm teaching a class Thursday night up in Conway county, so yeah, uh, yeah. did one in um, down in S- south Arkansas last week, so
2: and you're doing this on your own dime, aren't you
1: right, yes,
2: yeah, everybody needs to understand that you just want to see good, uh, you know, I, I guess good debate on everything that's going on that people know that they're being heard. And I, I appreciate right. that for, from you. And, and you know, well, thank you. anytime that you've wanted to come on, I say, come on. All right. Well,
1: thank you so much. I appreciate you, Dave.
2: All right. We'll talk to you later. All okay, right. Bye. We've got just a couple of minutes left here. So how do we deal with this now? State Senator, what do, what do we need to do? How do we make how do we make peace in the party, especially in Pulaski Party,
5: where look it's one of the last bastions of blueness in the state. You know, I was given advice back when I was a young Republican. Some of the best advice I was ever given, and I can't do it for them. Uh, is win or lose, be the be the first one to offer the olive branch. Okay, and uh, that's what I would recommend to both sides.
2: All right, fantastic, Robert. Thanks for being here. I'm sorry. I, Thank you, brother. I'm not. I didn't hurt your mouth, did I? Not at all. Okay. I just, I just wanted to make sure. All right. We'll talk. And, uh, Chris, thank you very much for coming in You're as welcome. well. Thank you, sir. Being part of a great show, I really believe that. I'll be back at 9 o'clock. Uh, so will Robert and so will Chris. They'll be back at 9 o'clock. But we're going to let the state senator go. And we thank Alan Clark for taking the time to be here today on the Dave Ellsworth Show. Thanks, Alan. Thank you for having me. appreciate you. Oh, wow! I'll, I'll see you next week. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. We'll be talking, kicking about and screaming. There you go. We'll be talking about that special session. That's all coming up next week. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Stay tuned. We'll talk about your money. I'll be back at nine o'clock, and we'll take up other issues here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, let's get back to it at uh, nine o'clock here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Robert Steinbach still is on uh, the phone. He'll be with us there. He is a law professor over the Bowen School of Law. And uh, his his opinions are his and his alone, and not necessarily though those of the uh, Bowen School or the university. And then Chris Corbett is here as well. Thank you for bringing me that waffle from uh, uh, Waffle House. You bet. Went over and had A some staple of the South. Pres- Oh man, I love Waffle House. I really do. I think I have to do an opening. I I did when I used to work in Kentucky. I had one of the uh, the waitresses shout out an order for me. Uh, like they do at the Waffle House. I love that. And then, and now the Dave Ellswick show at the very end of it. <laughs> and uh, maybe I'll I'll do that. And we'll get that going here on the Dave Ellswick. There's show a as method well. to their madness. Oh yeah, it makes everything like, mean something. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I just like it when they do the hash browns and they, you know, uh, I want them covered, smothered. You know, chunk pepper, yeah, all that. I, get get that, I get into I get into all of that. Uh, you just heard that our news, and one of the stories they talked about was monkeypox. I want you to kind of keep an eye on that because don't think that the Democrats won't try to use the monkeypox as a way to say uh, we got to do mail-in ballots in November. Oh man, don't 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 think that they won't try that. But let me give you some some. Information that you'll not get anywhere else. Dennis Prager is a talk show host for the Salem Radio Network, and uh, he put uh, he came up with some information I think is interesting. He says five people in Africa have died of monkeypox in the whole continent. And the, and of the CDC has declared it a okay. disaster or something. Yeah, well, they're saying that it's, you know, it's da- really dangerous, The next right? pandemic. Uh, they said, and I'm not now going to give you the number of Africans who die each year as a result of hippopotamuses drowning them or biting them or crushing them. 3,000. Per year? Per year. Hippopotamuses will mess you up. 3,000. So what is that? 600 times more? In there, for every monkeypox death, six hundred Africans are dying from hippopotamuses. <laughs> keep it, keep it relative. Yeah, all right? keep it in perspective. Man. Yeah, you got to keep it in perspective. Also, uh, nothing against the gay community or the bisexual community, right. but part of the story that they're not really. Telling you the CDC and all the rest is that that's where this is hitting the hardest. Oh, really? Monkey, bug. well, it's got to be. It's it's passed by skin to skin uh touching. Oh, okay, monkeypox. Monkey right? It's not a it's not a airborne. No. Oh, okay. No, it's got to you got to touch somebody. Now, can that move over into the straight population? Sure let me let me try to explain this to you uh, gays like other gays all right? Right, they, right you know homosexual men like homosexual men all right but they'll also have sex with a bisexual man hmm. now a bisexual man doesn't care whether you're homosexual or you're straight <laughs> so what happens is they're the bridge between homosexuals and heterosexuals so they oh. they can move it into the heterosexual population, okay, as well. So keep keep all that in mind. Yeah, keep all that in mind, and don't let them scare you. They're trying. I'm just telling you. Media is trying to do this. CDC is trying to do this. UN is trying to do this. Trying to scare the living bejeebies out of people. Again, remember, you know, all those people dying of hippopotamuses over there. Three hundred people. Uh, there were three thousand people. Pardon me, three thousand people in Africa, and in the entire continent of Africa, only five people have died of uh, monkeypox.
4: Yeah, that's a, a, a statistic to keep in mind when they try to scare you. Yeah. So come on.
2: Yeah. Get you know keep it keep it real. Yeah. I'm just telling you, keep it. You gotta keep it real.
4: Well, life is inherently dangerous, right?
2: I mean, it's a risk yeah. every day you get up. It's a risk, right? But I just want to, I, you know, I just want people to know that. And by the way, if you're really, really, really worried about it, then you should dry clean your clothes. There you go. Because if you have mo- monkeypox in the clothes, touch it. Yeah. It, it'll carry it on the on the fabric. Oh, okay. un- unless you kill it. And dry cleaning will kill it. Mm. So if you own a laundry, you can send your thanks to me for mentioning that to the <laughs> listeners. Right on. But I, I just don't want to see them try to blow this up at uh, the CDC and say, this could turn into a big pandemic. We need to be careful right now. And uh, uh, all the folks in Philadelphia need to mail in their votes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, i mean don't put it past Do you them. think I'm right, Robert, on this? Uh, I have no idea if they're going to try to scam
3: this into yet another mail in vote, kind of like they did last time. Uh, you know, this is.
2: It is Democrats uh, now.
3: No, I, I understand. And what I wanted to raise about that point is think about this. The The, the whole point with the last election is, at minimum,. There were uh processes in place, such as a mail-in vote, for masses of people. Not the special if you're out of town, you know, that kind of thing. But just, you're living at home, and you have a mail-in vote, and you didn't request it, and they mail it to you anyway. And And I have no doubt that some of those votes, those actual physical pieces of paper were stolen. And then we had this notion of ballot harvesting where people were going around saying, just give me your ballot. I'll take care of it. Yeah. And they right. And they uh, paid for it. Uh, And so all of that is uh, manipulation of the voting scheme. And that's what gave rise to the claim uh, that the vote was stolen. The election was stolen. Now, where I differ with some folks is. I don't know if it ultimately was stolen because I don't know what the numbers add up to. But I do know that that was the question that was presented and the courts did not address. Uh, and that's really a problem. The irony, as we talked about in your, in your earlier hour of the show, Dave, is what where there is no dispute is that the Pulaski County delegates to the Republican convention had their vote stolen because 71 delegates were elected and nine uh uh cronies hacks who were upset that they didn't get themselves or their buddies uh, as delegates uh two days before the state convention decided to raise an objection notwithstanding that none of them let me repeat none of them objected at the time of the election at the time of the election they stood there dumb and i mean that in every sense of the word and so then they steal the election of the pulaski county delegates and they, what are they trying to do now? Brush it under the rug. And so I commend you, the Dave Ellswick show, uh, 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 you and the Dave Ellswick Show, to the extent there's any separation between the two, and I doubt that, um, for having Alan Clark, the great senator on, who also spoke to this issue and said, "This is bad. Not only is it bad substantively, it's a stain." a stain on the operation of the Republican Party here in Arkansas. And we've got to clean it up, and we will clean it up. You know why? Because there's new lifeblood in the party. There's new lifeblood in Pulaski County uh, Republican Committee, and we're going to fix this. This ain't going to happen again.
2: Well, the, the, the reason I had Clark on is that you brought it to my attention that he had written a, a long missive on his Facebook page. And uh, and I have a lot of respect uh, for uh, Senator Alan Clark, I've known him ever since he uh, came to the legislature. So he is one of the outstanding uh, conservatives uh, that serves in the legislature. I, I told him when he left today, I'll see you next week because I'll be. I'm going to do my show. I'll have to figure which day is the best day, and we'll be over at the Capitol. Broadcasting live from that, and of course, you'll be given uh, an invite to stop by, Robert. You know, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that because a lot, of, a lot of people don't realize for you and for Chris that you guys do a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Oh yeah, that's right. Dave. Oh yeah, you're doing a lot of a lot of stuff behind the scenes, and I know. Um, I think it's Tuesday. I've got uh, I've got Doyle Webb coming on. And Doyle is going to start broadcasting with me at times over at the uh, at the um, uh, Capitol because look, Doyle worked for Win Rockefeller when he was lieutenant governor. He's been a state senator himself. He's been the head of the Republican Party. I forget how many years—ten years, twelve years—that he was the head of the, the the party here in the state. And he knows all the crap that goes on sometimes. Right and that's what i want not somebody who knows all the crap but somebody who understands the process the process is human beings working which means there are people over there that sometimes don't have the people of arkansas uh and their and their best uh efforts and the best uh, for them in the it future yeah. in in their in in as their number one goal so. Yeah,
3: there's no question about it. There's no question about it. You know, Lori Justice, uh, who's running for Justice of the Peace uh, here in Pulaski County, uh, the greater Little Rock area, uh, was on your show earlier as well. Well,
2: She's, she's been on several out. times talking Indeed. about what she's doing about poll, you know, poll workers and all that. She's doing right. that all, all on her own dime. Right. Absolutely. Because these people are patriots,
3: Dave. And that's why you've got to vote for patriots, not bureaucrats. hats. Uh, the Bureau hacks were the ones that objected, uh, uh, on the eve of the state convention, uh, because they waited till the last minute as part of their manipulative efforts to steal the election. Uh, those are people who are in it for themselves, not for the good of the people. Lori Justice is exactly the opposite. She's in it for the good of the people. She gives it her own time for free. Mm-hmm. For free. Uh, And and that's the point here. Those who want to help people uh, uh, and they want to do it out of the goodness of their own heart and out of their love for their fellow man, uh, they do it uh, for free. Uh, and Lori is just one example Blue Keller is another example Get rid of that Eric Higgins Who's driving safety and security uh, Of Pulaski County Into the ground along with his uh, Seeming uh, compatriot uh, Mayor Scott, albeit I don't know If they get along or work together uh, What I do know is both of them Are awful on crime Because they have a leftist political agenda Which is defund the police Don't worry about law enforcement Don't worry about crime, just worry about looking good and patting your pockets uh and so laurie justice said on your show such a critical point at the pulaski county committee meeting uh melanie gulick i believe it was stood up and said well you know normally we give a pass to the elected officials meaning we make them automatically delegates automatically Automatically, that sounds like what the British do with the kings and the princes. The automatic—that's uh, what some people wanted to do with Jeb Bush, who may be a good politician. But you know what? After two Bushes, there's 350 million other people in the United States that could run for president. We don't need a third in the row. So, uh, same thing, by the way, with Hillary Clinton. People, we had a Clinton twice. That's enough. Next family, please.
2: Hey, her so, name—her w- name is being run up the flagpole. Again, no, yeah, is that right? No, oh, yeah, for what? Yeah.
0: indictment. For, for yeah, it
2: should be for indictment, <laughs> and it should yeah. be an orange flag that she wears. Right. But the bottom line is that it looks like they don't see anybody else that will run. Uh, that could give if Trump is the nominee or if Trump is not the nominee, they can give a Republican a run in 2024.
3: That's, well, good for them.
2: Let me help them out. <laughs> uh, you, know, uh, you got a couple of uh, million dollars to shoot her way? You know, exactly. She's, uh, she's just an average American, doesn't have any money whatsoever. That's right. That's right. With with a
3: server in her basement, computer <laughs> server in her basement.
2: In her bathroom right? at that.
3: In, in her bathroom, exactly. You know, it, 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 It's a rough life when you run your own computer server. Yep. Uh, so, look, these... These cronies, uh, 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 all through politics, and one example, as I said, were those folks who uh, wanted to give a pass to the elected officials to automatically become delegates. Uh, uh, You know what I say to that? No, thanks. Meaning I've got no problem with many or all of them becoming delegates. All they have to do is put their name on the ballot or have someone else put their name on the ballot and run for that position. It's all you have to do. After all, if they're elected officials, they put their name on another ballot and won that election. So step up and do your job. But no, you're not getting handouts. You're not getting freebies. You don't get automatic passes. You do not pass go without collecting $200. Sorry.
2: All right. Before we take our break, I want to go back to monkeypox real quick. All right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, USA Today (coughs) reporting that the president uh, now wants to make uh, monkeypox A public health emergency. What? (laughs) I'm telling you. Now, let me explain to you how dangerous this is. All right? Here is the numbers. Eight people have died worldwide from monkey poppings. Eight people. Five of them in Africa. And I already told you, 3,000 people a year die from hippopotamus attacks. But... uh, Eight people in the world and they wanna char- charge this now well, they, as a as a health yeah. emergency.
4: Well they're setting it up for another big spending bill or something.
2: They're, they're, this they're, is what I was telling you. Yeah. I'm worried they're gonna they're gonna meld this into the election somehow. Ooh. I'm worried that they're going to try to they're going to try to do mail in ballots.
4: Yeah, I can see some planning. I I can see them planning something yeah. like that out. Yeah,
2: the, the biggest problem they got is that monkeypox is spread by skin-to-skin contact. Yeah. You know, it's not you can't get it just by walking around in the air and things of that nature. All right, a break and we're going to come back and talk uh, again because I I want to jump in on what the state senator said that it is it is what the, the perception of what has happened uh, in, in Pulaski County that is so bad uh, for this? You know, there's all kinds of stuff flying around out there, and I'm sure a lot of it has been started uh, by, uh, by Democrats because they see uh, this as a methodology of trying to uh, dis, uh, you know, t- tell people they're not a legitimate uh, group of people. The, the Republicans, all Republicans, because of what has happened here. This was a bad deal. I'm just telling you. And and uh, the state senator was right. It leaves a stain on it. And, and I got to ask the people that are on the other side of this issue, and I'm not talking about the people who were going to go to the state convention. I'm talking about the people who challenged this. Is the end worth it? Is the end worth it? You've got to stop and think about that before you start getting into uh, some of this stuff. It's just it's crazy. You you do more damage than you do more than you're doing good. All right, it's a break here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about P. I. roofing. PI Roofing is ready to take care of you if you need some roofing uh, stuff done. Hey, look, I just got a roof put on my house a few months ago, and now about eight houses around me have had roofs put on, and several of them were done by PI Roofing. They saw how good of a job they did. They saw how good they cleaned up after the work. They saw how good the professionalism was. They also heard from me of how... After it was all said and done, I hardly owed anything because my insurance got uh, with the folks at PI Roofing and were sure everything that was being done was on the up and up. Call PI Roofing. Let them work for you. 501-707-3551. 501-707-3551. Or online, piroofing.com